Hey everyone, this is Jim. We're on break right now, and we're going to be rebroadcasting some of our most popular episodes from the past. So for this first episode, we're going to be hearing from Assemblyperson Chris Lee of Hawaii talking about what they've done with universal basic income in their state. Hello, and welcome to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. And we got some very exciting news out of the state of Hawaii last week. So Hawaii has become the first state of the union that has passed legislation connected to universal basic income. The bill they passed sets up a working group that's going to explore how to ensure economic security for people in the state, and specifically looking to either full or partial basic income as potentially the best ways of doing that. So today we are very lucky to be joined by the representative who drafted the resolution in Hawaii. Welcome, Representative Chris Lee. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. So to start with, could you give us a rundown of what this resolution that just passed in Hawaii says? Yeah, so in a nutshell, uh, this essentially does two things. The first thing it says is all families in Hawaii deserve basic financial security. I think that's a value statement for us um, as a state, as well as sort of sets the the benchmark that we're hoping to hit down the road and the things we're hoping to achieve. Secondly, it creates a working group, the Basic Economic Security Working Group, and that's um, uh, both government and private sector stakeholders coming together, uh, Chamber of Commerce, some unions, etc. Uh, and the idea is to answer a couple key questions that set up the, the analysis that needs to be done in order to move forward. And that will evaluate where our current economy is, um, how much is exposed to automation, to what extent um, we're paying for existing uh, social services, housing assistance, unemployment, et cetera. Um, ultimately, where those trajectories are going and what the state may be on the hook for you know, 10 years from now or 15 years from now or even further. And then ultimately, what are our options? And um, that's looking at everything from uh, simple tweaks to our existing system all the way up to an evaluation of a full or partial basic income in various flavors. And the idea is that we're able to at least get um, a real picture of what this means for us, both financially, economically, um, going forward, so that we can then, as policymakers, start to make some real decisions. So what first got you interested in the basic income? You know, it, it's actually something that's been um, in the back of my head for, for many years. Um, I think here, you know, in our state, we face a significantly high cost of living to begin with, and we have a rapidly growing homeless population and income inequality, which has um, been getting worse over time. And, and that's something that I think underscores this entire conversation uh, going forward. Um, and then back in college, actually, and, and since then, I've been uh, poking around online and actually stumbled across a Reddit post some time ago um, that I think put those words together for the first time, universal basic income, and uh, kind of crystallized everything in my mind going forward that, you know, this is uh, an option and perhaps a policy perspective that I ought to look more into. And doing more research along the way came up uh, with a whole bunch of information. I think uh, perhaps a lot of the folks listening to this right now are probably familiar with looking at all the various trials and studies going on, um, especially in light of innovation and automation in our economy that are starting to really transform the way that our economies function to begin with. And so um, it seemed prudent uh, this year 
to really start that conversation in a meaningful way and figure out before um, uh, you start to see some of these significant changes already impacting us, uh, but before it gets much worse or much further, um, we start to actually figure out what we're going to do uh, as elected leaders and as um, for our, our obligation, our responsibility for the people here in Hawaii uh, and our economy. And so that's something that was a long journey and there was no real um, you know, singular moment where a light bulb went off. But, but I think it's a conversation worth having. And that's what this is starting to do. So the resolution states that Hawaiians deserve basic economic security. What does it mean to have this be the official position of the state of Hawaii? You know, I actually think it's pretty significant. I mean, when I was putting it together, we've been working with um, a lot of different uh, groups, both locally and um, had talked with a lot of folks nationally who've been um, working on this issue long, much longer than I've ever uh, been working on it. But as far as I know, it's the first time that a government has stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, we value everybody in our state and we believe everybody deserves that right to have basic financial security and be able to be secure um, uh, with their own family and knowledge that, you know, worst case, whether it's a health bankruptcy or um, business failing or the economy uh, crashing around them and innovation wiping out jobs or whatever it is, that there's going to be something there. And this is something that I think for us, not just here in Hawaii, but I believe as an American, um, we ought to have as a value for this entire country. I think that's something that's important. And I think it's something that drives the conversation and shapes um, the expectation that we have of our government, not to necessarily provide us with something, but to set up the framework, the economic and social framework, so that here in the wealthiest country on the planet, we are able to take care of families around the country. And we are able to provide a baseline and minimum um, access to opportunity and what some might even call the American dream that I think at least today more than half of millennials believe is dead in recent polling. So I think there's, there's tremendous value in coming out and saying something like this. And for us, it is a, both a cultural and um, social value statement in Hawaii. So let's zoom in on the second part of the resolution, which creates a basic economic security working group and that's going to study various ideas around economic security, including a full or partial basic income, and report that back to the state legislature. Could you help us understand what that looks like in practice and what sorts of next steps we might see afterward? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a little complicated, but um, and, and there's, uh, this is not a new model. Um, we do these sorts of things kind of regularly where you convene experts from various fields and, and try and uh, come up with answers to a given problem. And in this case, we'll probably, we have a Department of Labor that deals with employment and, and all that. We've got a Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism, which um, is sort of our economic uh, driver that, that's supposed to be boosting business and all, all that. So those two departments will be co-chairing um, this working group. And we've invited on uh, representatives both from the Chamber of Commerce and labor unions and um, regular folks and small businesses and uh, certainly a couple legislators uh, like myself who've taken interest. And the idea is to realistically uh, convene this year, this hopefully this summer, 
um, and start that conversation and process. And I don't, I mean, I think nobody knows the answers um, to any of the questions. And for us, we're still trying to figure out what the right questions to ask are. So what we hope, at least I hope, comes out of this this year is uh, a, a series of questions that we can ask pertaining uh, to our economy and where we want to go with this and um, taking a deeper dive so that we can narrow our focus so that the next legislative session in January, when the state legislature reconvenes, we're able perhaps to fund um, some of the, the kind of deep dive studies and economic analyses that need to happen to vet various options and paths going forward. And that's something that I don't think anybody has done um, uh, specific to a state or a particular economy quite to the scale that I think we uh, need to and want to. So uh, we're charting a little bit of new ground here, um, but that's not to say, of course, this issue hasn't been looked at by universities and um, obviously even uh, the federal government back in the 60s and 70s. But it's the first time, I think, that we're seeing it at a state level in modern history. So um, I, I really wish I had more uh, detail, but I think that's the general plan, and we'll kind of go from there. So can you tell us what issues in the state of Hawaii would a basic income help to address? Well, there's, there's a lot, and that's one of the great things about um, a mechanism like this is that it can actually tackle a lot of the, the real heavy social issues that we're facing, and I think a lot of other states are facing too. We've obviously got um, uh, income inequality, which here in Hawaii is um, growing uh, much like it is elsewhere, and we've got uh, cost of living that's rising faster than wages can keep up with. Um, that's led to a homeless population uh, that's per capita greater than any other state right now and has been growing year over year. Uh, over the last few years. And it's something that is creating a lot of uh, tangential social issues, obviously with law enforcement and access to social services and and so on. At the same time, um, because we're, you know, we're obviously islands in the middle of the Pacific. We don't have a lot of heavy manufacturing uh, here because it just doesn't make sense to do it here. We don't have a real um, deep uh, tech sector or um, other industry other than uh, tourism, which is our main driver. And our entire economy here is largely built around the service industry, hospitality, uh, transportation, retail, and, and so forth. And one of the places that we know is most exposed uh, right now to automation is the service sector. So we're already feeling the impact of um, disruption in many of our sectors here in the state. And there's just a study that came out a couple of days ago. I'm sure you guys must have seen saying uh, between, uh, I forget what it was, 90, 1991 and 2007, as many as six jobs throughout the nation had been affected or replaced by each robot or algorithm uh, being introduced into the economy in the United States. And I think here in Hawaii, we've clearly felt that. And that's something that uh, our own kind of back of the napkin analysis, looking at our local sectors is sure to continue. So um, we feel that time crunch and that pressure because ultimately we know where innovation is going and innovation is a great thing, 
but we got to make sure that society as a whole, all of us are able to benefit from it. And that's something that this is really intended to address, to make sure that at the end of the day, we want that future where people have the capacity to um, not only make it in life and have a safety net and live comfortably, but have opportunity to work the jobs that are meaningful to them so that you're not just working to earn a living, but you're working, doing something you're passionate about. And that's something that can add tremendous value to society and to our economy. And that's what this really empowers people to do. And just like other trials you've seen in other states or, uh, excuse me, other countries where you've seen um, small scale tests of various forms of a basic income, it does encourage entrepreneurship and does empower people to go back to school and to do things that they're just financially constrained and prevented from doing them today. And I think that's something that is uh, an issue that we've tried to tackle in small ways here, but that a basic income would probably have a significantly greater impact on. And that's something I think we'd love to explore. So how large a basic income would one need in Hawaii to have those sorts of impacts that you just spoke about? You know, I honestly have no idea, and I don't think anybody does yet. Um, we're that's, that's part of the reason for convening the working group to do the financial analysis, to look at our local situation here in the state specifically. And of course, that basic income can come in many different forms uh, from, you know, like a monthly social security check to um, ex- an expanded earned income tax credit, which is kind of tweaked a bit. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it and a lot of mechanisms that, that kind of creative stuff that are being tossed out there. Uh, so we want to take a look at all these things, but ultimately, you know, because we do pay a significantly higher rate for um, goods and services and everything here, just because we're in the middle of an ocean and pretty much everything has to be shipped in, uh, there is going to be um, a number out there that's probably higher than most people expect. But I do think um, if it's structured right, that shouldn't prevent us from moving forward and being successful because ultimately it could very well turn out that it's cheaper to do something like this than to let the economy uh, transform and jobs evaporate and have taxpayers foot the bill for social services and housing and unemployment and all of that, which could um, skyrocket through the roof because of massive unemployment. And that's something that has to be um, weighed appropriately. The other thing we have here, you know, we have a very strong constitution in our state that says all uh, land and public resources are held in a public trust for the benefit of the people. And one thing we've never done, at least meaningfully, is look at, all right, well, what is the benefit to the people of uh, various sectors of the economy using these public goods? these public resources, and perhaps creating a revenue stream off of that to give back to the people is something that we can take a look at. For example, two years ago, uh, we created what's essentially a carbon tax. We now have a dedicated tax on all fossil fuel coming into the state. It generates about $45 million a year right now um, and goes to pay for a whole bunch of various things. But redirecting uh, revenue streams like that to give back as dividends to families and individuals is something that's, um, I think, entirely uh, possible. And so I do think there's opportunity, and that's what this whole working group hopefully can can sort out for us. So looking for ways to share the prosperity that's, that's broadly being created there. Right.
So I, I'm curious, as you talk to your, your colleagues um, in the legislature and, and folks more broadly around the state, what, was, what reaction did you get? What was the reception to this idea? You know, I think uh, generally it was um, an open mind. And uh, everybody feels, I think everybody here at the legislature feels um, that we have to take action on uh, homelessness and our cost of living and all the things that uh, people are truly having trouble getting by with on a daily basis here. And having all the options on the table, I think, is something that we can't step away from. So I do think there was... uh, there's definitely a lot of education that has to be done, both publicly and for all of us, uh, because this is obviously new territory here in Hawaii. But I do think people are open to it. And whether it's taking some small bites at the apple and a couple small steps forward over the next few years, trying to figure this out and set up and try uh, various mechanisms, or eventually getting to a full-blown um, uh, solution, I think we have an obligation to vet that and to have that discussion. So I'm really excited to see um, so many people come out of the woodwork in our local public, uh, our local um, economy here saying like, hey, you know what? Um, we wanna be a part of this discussion. And we've had business owners and um, academics and people from labor and, and all around come together, starting to reach out, wanting to be part of this discussion. So I think that's, that's pretty positive and pretty fantastic. And the resolution passed unanimously. Is that correct in both houses? Yeah, um, everybody everybody voted for. It. We don't have we don't have a lot of uh, the same kind of political divide. I think we see throughout the rest of the country. We're mostly Democratic here. Um, we have a handful of Republicans, but uh, even within our own Democratic Party, there tends to be a much more conservative uh, streak, just because it's so broad. Kind of naturally, what happens in any institution, but. Regardless of political ideology or affiliation, I think everybody um, was okay with the idea of having this discussion to at least uh, get a sense of what are our options and what are things going to look like. I think that's, that's been um, pretty important going forward because I think it means that people are willing to, uh, to talk and willing to participate. Yeah, I'm honestly impressed that there is even that level of agreement on just opening up the discussion. I don't know if you'd see that everywhere. Yeah, well, hopefully we can um, do something meaningful with it. And if anything, uh, you know, I have heard in the last few days since this has uh, hit the news from other colleagues, other elected leaders in other states uh, and other cities who have reached out asking uh, for more information about this because they want to have a similar, or they've been working on trying to spark a similar conversation in their area. So I think the time seems right, just within the nationally, within the country, for a real discussion that isn't just talking about tweaks to existing healthcare or existing unemployment or what have you, but rather refocusing on what are our priorities and what are our values as a society going forward, especially now in the light of uh, innovation and automation and um, massive disruption uh, potentially in our near future here in our economy. All right. Well, I think that does it. Any other final thoughts you'd like to add? Yeah. Well, we're going to hopefully move forward with this uh, shortly and we'll have some updates. So if you guys are interested, more than happy to continue this conversation and keep folks abreast of what's going on and hopefully have some things to, to report shortly here. 
We've been speaking with Representative Chris Lee of Hawaii about his resolution that just passed there. Thank you for listening to the Basic Income Podcast. Thanks to our producer, Eric Davidson. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And please tell your friends about the Basic Income Podcast. Help us grow the movement and reach more ears. See you next week. Thank you.